Good morning. How are you all today? Sleepy? Lost an hour? I know, yeah, it was good. But I just now greeted everybody else. It sounds like everybody else was a little bit sleepy. Well, isn't it wonderful that in spite of how they change the clocks on us, um, the sun still comes up every morning, and God's faithfulness is new every morning, and we can rejoice in his mercy and his grace day by day. Well, this morning in Bible Hour, we're going to launch into something new. But I'd like to see if you can guess where we're going to go in the Bible. Last week, we finished up 2 Kings and finished 2 Chronicles. So what book of the Bible do you think we're going to go to next? Okay. Elijah doesn't count. He, 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 he helped me work on the lessons, so that's the one thing. Naomi, what book of the Bible do you think we're going to go to next? What book? Jeremiah. How many of you knew that? Oh, good, good. Yes, we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah. Could I get my screen up here? Is that on, or am I got a problem on my side? Ah, there it goes. Good job. Perfect that they were delayed, because it was going to be up there on the screen for you all to know. But I wondered why you all didn't know. That answers the question. We're in the book of Jeremiah. That's where we're going to go today, the book of Jeremiah. But how does the book of Jeremiah fit into the whole Old Testament? I'd like to show you again this chart of the 11 foundational books of the Old Testament. These books of the Old Testament give us the history of the history of mankind and the inspired history from creation all the way through till about 400 years before Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born. And so if we were to read these 11 books in this order, we would get an overview of Old Testament history. So you see them here, Genesis, can you say them with me? Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Joshua, Judges, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, Ezra, Nehemiah. These are the foundational books. Now, from what you know so far, do you have any guesses as to which book of these 11 the book of Jeremiah would plug into? Which one would it plug into? Look at it closely. Which one would it plug into? Hannah. First and second Samuel. How many of you agree with her? Huh? Oh, you changed it to Kings. Okay, so she said first or second Kings. How many of you agree with her? Okay, can we get more specific? She said first or second Kings. Which one is it? William. You're right. It would be in 2 Kings. In fact, it would be right there, really at the very, very end of 2 Kings, and in a little bit of a way, um, flowing into the 70-year exile. So here is where the book of Jeremiah fits. But you might be wondering, wait a minute. 
I'm looking here in my Bible at Jeremiah, and what book comes right before Jeremiah? Isaiah. Where's Isaiah up there? Why isn't it in order in my Bible? Does anybody can tell anybody tell me why it's not in order? Anybody? How is the Old Testament in our order? What is what category do we call the book of Jeremiah? Mr. Densmore. Major prophets. See, our Bibles are not laid out in chronological order. They're split up by topic. And we have the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses at the beginning. And then we have the books of history. And then we have the books of poetry. And then we have the major prophets. And then we have the minor prophets. Not because they're minor, but just because they're smaller. And so we have them in this order. So the major and the minor prophets and the books of poetry have to be plugged into this chart. So you know what's interesting, though, is that the major prophets are actually in order. What are the major prophets? Who, tells, who can tell me what the first major prophet? Did I see your hand go up, Gabby? Oh, no. What's the first major prophet? Gabby. Isaiah, that's right. What's the second one? Everybody together, you all know it. And what's the third one? Lamentations. Ezekiel. Daniel. Lamentations, you're like, wait a minute. That's a little book. And that should be in poetry. That's not a prophet. <laughs> Lamentations complements the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, it's kind of like, I don't know if any of you kids might know what appendixes are in books. They come at the end of books and they're tacked on. Well, that's kind of what Lamentations is. Lamentations is an add-on to the book of Jeremiah. And actually, the major prophets are in chronological order. Isaiah comes chronologically first. Still a part, by the way, of 2 Kings. Isaiah would complement 2 Kings, but a little bit earlier. So we would have Isaiah first, and then we would have Jeremiah with the appendix of Lamentations, and then we have Ezekiel, and Ezekiel kind of begins in the middle of Jeremiah, and then we have Daniel, which also kind of begins in the middle of Jeremiah. So here we have these major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. They all fit kind of right here in the same time period of the end of 2 Kings on through to Ezra. All right, so here's the question. What book, foundational book of the Old Testament, does Jeremiah plug into? Okay, I heard a few of you. Let's say it together. Yes, 2 Kings, 2 Kings. That's where the book of Jeremiah goes. Now, it's intriguing because some of Jeremiah's history, um, it actually, the book of Jeremiah is a, a book of major prophet, and it's filled with prophecies and sermons, but it also has a lot of narrative. And so it's, it's a very important foundational book here to the end of 2 Kings. Now, let's zoom out and look at this from a timeline perspective. Remember this timeline? It's a basic timeline of history. 
We have 2,000 years, 2,000 years, and 2,000 years. What's 2,000 plus 2,000 plus 2,000, all you math students? Nathan, can you tell me? 6,000. You're right. So, if at the end of that arrow is today, and we were to go back 6,000 years, what do you think would be the first thing on this timeline? What would you think would be the first thing on the timeline of history? You have no clue? I'll give you a hint. Genesis 1-1. So what's the first thing on the timeline of history? Creation. How many of you knew that? Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, so here we kind of see how it's split up. The first 2,000 years are recorded for us in Genesis 1-11. The next 2,000 years are recorded for us from Genesis 12, beginning with Abraham, on through Luke 2. And then the last period of time is the church age, where we're in now. Began with creation. We had the fall. We had the flood. We had the Tower of Babel. Then we had the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his 12 sons. Then we have Moses and Joshua and the Exodus. We have the era of the judges as they've come into the promised land. And we have the era of the kings, which we are just coming to a close on. Then we have the captivity of the nation and the restoration of the nation. And then we have what we call the intertestament. That means a time in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, 400 years, where there's no inspired history that comes from that time, except there is some prophecy that was fulfilled in that time. That's intertestament. And then we have the coming of Jesus Christ at the end of that period. And now today we're in the time of the church age. So here's a nice little 2,000, 2,000, 2,000, and you can understand and see how all history fits together. Now, can anybody tell me where the book of Jeremiah falls on this timeline? On this timeline. Bruce. Yes, he says the captivity restoration or just before that. Exactly right. It's kind of, sort of, can I say it? Right in between. It's not quite, well, it covers the time of the captivity and the restoration, but it's also during the end of the kings. It also covers the era of the kings, some of the era of the kings. So it's kind of right in between those two places. And the reason we know that is because if we come to our timeline, which you've seen before here, you see here Jeremiah, the black bar, you see, he is beginning his ministry here in the 13th year of King who? Josiah, King Josiah. So here we can see there are five kings left, and Jeremiah's ministry occurs during the last five kings of what nation? Everybody together. Judah. Judah that's right. All right, so there we see the beginning of Jeremiah's ministry. Let's zoom in on King Josiah. We've already seen this when Josiah begins to reign over Judah at eight years old. Remember when he was 16 year old, years old, he began to seek after God. When he was 20, he commanded the purging of idolatry. And then when he was 21 is when Jeremiah began his ministry. Here is where Jeremiah falls. And then you remember when Josiah was 26 years old, the law of God was found. So do you see where Jeremiah fits in here? Look with me here in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests 
that were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. This is how we know where Jeremiah's ministry began, right there in the thirteenth year of Josiah's reign when he was 21 years old. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Here we can see now a summary of his ministry, beginning the 13th year of King Josiah. And if we zoom out here again, you recall that it said that it continued from there all the way till the 11th year of King Zedekiah. He's the last king there. And when you see Zedekiah's bar, purple bar end, that was the end. That was his 11th year. So Jeremiah's ministry began here, and it went all the way through here and then into the captivity. If you were to turn all the way to the end of the book of Jeremiah, the last chapter of Jeremiah gives another major important historical event. A historical event. Now, remember a few weeks ago, and actually the last few weeks, I've been pleading with you to learn and understand these last kings and their basic history so that you can see how it fits in to Jeremiah so that we don't have to review all that history every single time we talk about one of these kings. Here's an illustration of why you need to know those kings and know the basic history to understand Jeremiah. Because there was a king named Jehoiakim. I'm sorry, not Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim, Jeconiah or Coniah, that little sliver right there. Can anybody tell me what happened to him as to why he's only a sliver up there? What happened at the end of that sliver? Anybody remember? He was carried away a captive. Up oh, Isaac. To Babylon, yes. He was carried away a captive to Babylon. Now, not like Zedekiah. Zedekiah, the last guy, was carried away a captive to Babylon with his eyes plucked out and his sons executed in front of his face. Jehoiakim, that wasn't the case with. He was just carried away and put in prison. Well, we find out here at the end of Jeremiah that this king was actually brought out of prison in Babylon, and he was lifted up among other captive kings that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive. And we find out that this happened in the days of evil Muradach, who is the son of Nebuchadnezzar. And he was lifted up out of prison. And Jeremiah gives us this history in the last chapter of his book. Well, you know, that was a long period of time. And so that means this, this was a period of time of 67 years, that means. So looking at this from when Jeremiah was first called here in the days of Josiah till the last record he records in the last chapter of his book, it covers a period of 67 years. Guess what? That's a long time. 
Do we have anybody who's 67 here? Or thereabouts close? Mr. Barrows, you're right about there, aren't you? 69. Okay, you're 67. 66. There we go. So now you got an age range. Sorry if I said that's a long time, but it is a long time. <laughs> 67 years of ministry. So that means when Jeremiah was called to the ministry, how old was he? We don't know. We don't know. But we do have some hints. One hint is, is that his ministry lasted 67 years, which means that he probably wasn't 40 when he first started his ministry, because that would make him like 107 when he died, which is possible, but unlikely. So how old was he? We don't know. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to presume his age was as we continue on here. I'm going to presume that his age is about the same of King Josiah. So remember, he became king. Josiah became king when he was eight years old. And when he was 21 years old, that is when Jeremiah began his ministry. So let's imagine, as we continue through the historical narrative, that Jeremiah, too, was about 20 years old, which means that he lived to be how old? 87. So if we imagine him, and we don't know, but if we were to imagine him as being called to the ministry at around 20 years old, that means he lived to be about 87 years old. And so I don't know how this is all going to work out in playing the characters here because we've got to start off with a really young guy and then we've got to go to a really, well, an old guy. Okay? I shouldn't say really old because there's some people who are older than that. So from, uh, from, from about 20 years old, we could imagine, 67 years of ministry would put him at 87 years old. All right? So that's the ministry here we have of Jeremiah. Now let's look there again at verse 1. Who was his father? When you see the name, raise your hand. Who was his father? Jeremiah 1.1. Okay, all, all of you say it together. Hilkiah. Hmm, that name to me sounds familiar. Why do you think it might sound familiar to me? Does it sound familiar to you? Hmm. If you think you know another guy named Hilkiah, raise your hand. Okay. Some of you know, some of you have no idea. That's okay. We're going to learn. And hopefully it will help you remember who Hilkiah is. Think back here. Let's move back here to Josiah's um, life. Do you see what happened when Josiah was 26 years old? What happened? Everybody say it together. Does anybody know who found the law of God? Who? Hilkiah. You are right. She says she just guessed. I love guesses. Hilkiah found the law. Hilkiah, the priest, 
found the law of God. And here in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1, we find out the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah. Now, this is intriguing to me looking at this. You see, Jeremiah began his ministry here. One, two, three, four, five years before the law of God was found. That's intriguing to me. Very much so. Jeremiah has a lot of different prophecies and has a lot of different sermons. And the sermons here that play out, especially between um, chapters 3 through 6, are taking place in the days of Josiah. And remember, Josiah was the king who brought about all the great reforms in the land. All the reforms in the land where they were destroying the idols and all of the idolatry throughout the land in the days of Josiah, that came about partly due to the preaching of Jeremiah, of Jeremiah. And the way we know that is if we actually um, turn over in our Bibles um, to Jeremiah. Let's see, I've, I've lost the reference. Well, I'll, I'll give you just a hint here as we continue through here in each of the different, in different passages in Jeremiah. It gives us references to when certain things happened. And when we know those certain things of how they happen, it places it into the chronology of, of Jeremiah and all that takes place in his ministry. And the early sermons of Jeremiah take place during the days of Josiah. And his dad's name was what? Hilkiah, the man who found the law of God in the temple. Now, we're actually going to learn, just to give you a heads up, remember several weeks ago we met some other people, and some people went to hold of the prophetess with, Jer with, with it, and we found out that hold of the prophetess was Jeremiah's aunt. We see some family here in this time period where there is godliness. And when we keep learning about Jeremiah and we keep learning about other things that are going on in the history, we find ourselves <laughs> just as horrible, the wickedness that's going on in this period of time. And all of the wickedness, the horror of all that's going on is just horrific. But in the midst of all of the horror, we actually have some amazing, beautiful examples of good. And here we find an extended family in the midst of a society and a nation of horrific wickedness who are serving God. Hilkiah, the priest, his son, Jeremiah, Jeremiah's aunt, Holda. These different individuals are in the midst of all of the terrible wickedness in the land serving God. That motivates me as a dad that I am leading my children 
in the ways of truth like Hilkiah did. This is a really big deal because I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up. Hilkiah was an exception to the priesthood. You all might be thinking, why? Of course he was Jehovah's priest. Of course they would be a godly family. Just a heads up. None of the other priests' family, according to most of the records we have of them, were good people. In fact, next week, we're going to meet some priests. And you know what the priests' plan is? To murder Jeremiah. That's their plan. Right off. One of their own. Jeremiah is a priest. The son of a priest? He is a priest. He's from a little town, a priestly town, just north of Jerusalem. Anath, Oath. This town, just north of Jerusalem, in the tribe of Benjamin. It's a priest's town. And let me tell you something about this town. We also find out later on in Jeremiah, probably early in his ministry, that all of the people in his own hometown also wanted to do something to Jeremiah. Any guesses? Kill him. Hmm. You guys all want to learn about Jeremiah? Yes, we do. Here God has a plan for this man. Just another note in the question here of... Um, of Jeremiah. I showed you this chart here before. This is a, a chart showing how the chapters of Jeremiah go. The book of Jeremiah is not recorded chronologically. So, yes, it starts off chronological. The first chapter is the calling of Jeremiah, but it bounces all over the place. So, here on this chart, the vertical axis is the date. And then, as you go, the horizontal axis is actually showing the chapters of the book of Jeremiah, starting from chapter 1 all the way through chapter 52. And as you can see, chapter 1 starts off at the beginning, and chapter 52 ends at the, ends at the end, at the bottom. Um, so the first chapter and the last chapter are, are in the right spot for us chronologically-minded Americans. But you see what it does all over in the other places. And some of this is absolute. We know it because Jeremiah tells us when it happens. And some of it is determined and studied and figured, tried to be figured out by um, context. Um, a few weeks ago, I promised you a chart of prints of the charts, and I'm working on that. So we have the chart of the three main dates of the captivity, an overview of the king's timeline, and then um, also a chart which details all of the events in the book of Jeremiah. So this chart you see up on the screen, I'm putting down here at the bottom, but then in this spreadsheet here is basically beginning at the very beginning of Jeremiah's ministry, and every single line comes down and records all the way down to the end of his ministry. And the goal of this sheet is to plug in every event that's recorded in the book of Jeremiah into its proper year with reference and not just every event of Jeremiah, but other events. So on this chart, you'll be able to see the whole ministry of Jeremiah in chronological order, as well as events like Daniel and Ezekiel's ministry, and they're plugged into this. So this is a resource for you. I put it in this way because that's a big chart and lots of data, but it's this way so that you can take it 
and tuck it right in your Bible as we study the book of Jeremiah here at Bible Hour and also as you study it at home and follow along and read along, you can take and reference this chart and say, okay, so I'm reading this part. What's going on around this? And you can look here and see, oh, that's interesting. The glory departed from the temple right around the time that Jeremiah is using his yoke. That may mean nothing to you right now, but hopefully by the end of our study of Jeremiah, it means something to you. Or, oh, that's interesting, the fall of Jerusalem, and the next year, Nebuchadnezzar sets up his golden image. Lots of little fascinating details when you see it all chronologically laid out for you. So this is, this is a reference. As you're reading what's going on here, you can look at this and see a reference of how the pieces work together. Yes, Mr. Rinks. By this time, the nation of Israel had already been scattered. But it doesn't mean that it wasn't two people from those tribes because we know, we know earlier that some of the people when the northern kingdom was carried away captive even before, they had vacated their lands and inheritance and actually moved to Jerusalem mainly because of the apostasy. Now they got more apostasy, but they're, they're still there's still remnants of those tribes, those northern ten tribes, still in Jerusalem, all of them. There's record of all of them in Jerusalem. There is that piece, but also at this point now, the term Israel becomes more generic. So there's been a distinction between Israel, Ephraim, speaking of the northern kingdom. Now the northern kingdom is gone. It used to be more technical distinction between Israel and Judah. Now it's not quite as distinction, partly because there's people from Israel and Judah. Good call. Good question. So charts are coming. But let's look now at this first chapter of Jeremiah and learn some things about Jeremiah and some lessons we can learn from Jeremiah. How old do you think Jeremiah is at the beginning? Oh, and you've been playing Jeremiah, haven't you? Come here. I think maybe Jeremiah was older than you. But we don't know that. We don't know how old Jeremiah was. And so here now, in, in the book of Jeremiah, God speaks to Jeremiah. It tells us in verse 4, Then the word of the Lord, Jeremiah writes, came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Do you remember when you were in the womb? How many of you remember when you were in the womb? Well, none of you. God says to Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Hmm. That's interesting. How many of you parents knew your babies before they were even conceived. Oh, none of you are raising your hands. That's right, because none of you are God. 
God says, I knew you, Jeremiah, before you were formed in the valley. And look here, he says, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. What does sanctified mean? Do you know what sanctified means? Sanctified means set apart. Set apart special. Sanctified. So God says to Jeremiah, before you came out of the womb, I set you apart and I ordained thee a prophet to the nations. Do you know what ordained means? Well, think about it. It, has a, it starts off kind of like another word that we know. You know the word order? We order something by commanding it. When you order something at the restaurant, you don't command it, do you? But you choose something, right? You instruct something to come. And here, that's what this means here. He ordained, just like when you're sitting at the restaurant and you say, I ordain, you ever do that? I ordain um, chicken and rice. No, we order chicken and rice. Well, here God says to Jeremiah, before you even came out of the womb, I ordained you as a prophet unto the nations. As a prophet unto the nations, not just to Judah. And it's fascinating. I have a, I have a really good chart, if you'd like to see it. It uh, shows how Jeremiah gave prophecies to every single one of the surrounding nations. And it goes through the book and identifies how Jeremiah spoke and prophesied to all the different nations. So God is saying to you here this day that you are set apart as special. You're sanctified. And he has ordained you. Well, actually, let's back up. He knew you. He has set you apart, sanctified you. And he has ordained you ordered for you to be a prophet to the nations. Now, if Jeremiah was Owen's age, and you're what, 13? 12? 11. Okay, 11. What do you think you would say? I think he would say the same thing Jeremiah said. Ah, Lord, God, behold... I cannot speak, for I am a child. Here's another hint that Jeremiah was truly young. Although, I imagine even if he was 20, or even if he was maybe 30, he might have still felt this way. So he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, I can't speak, for I am a child. But the Lord, Jeremiah writes, said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And then the Lord does something, it tells us in verse 9. It says, The Lord put forth his hand. The Lord put forth his hand. And it says, touched your mouth. That, that's, that's, that's like unthinkable in COVID era, right? Yeah, well, not with God. God here is saying to Jeremiah something special. He touched his mouth and the Lord said to him, 
Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Does that sound like the kind of job you want? When I read it, I don't think it's a job I want. He set over the nations to root out, to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down. <laughs> Notice then, too, to build and to plant. God has a plan for Jeremiah. What's going to happen with Jeremiah? Well, I don't know if between verses 10 and 11 there was some time or it all happened at the same time. I imagine that there might have been some time. And the Lord calls for Jeremiah to see something in a vision. First of all, you guys know what this is? Well, this is Aaron's rod that budded and brought forth almonds. But it's here as a, as, a, as, as a rod of an almond tree. And I imagine the one that Jeremiah saw was just a plain old stick, not flowering. But I brought the flowering one with the almonds on it so you all could know it was an almond, almond branch. So a vision continues, and it says in verse 11, Moreover, the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah? Jeremiah, what seest thou? What do you see? Yeah. I see a stick. An almond rod. The Lord said unto him, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Now I wonder, what does that mean? What's significant about an almond rod? And the Lord saying, yeah, that's right. I'm going to hasten my word to perform it. Well, we're not entirely sure. But many believe it's due to the fact that the almond tree is one of the earliest budding trees in the springtime. And it comes on fast. Just one day you'll be looking out and you'll not see anything on your almond tree. And you'll look out the next morning and it's all ablaze with flowers. Well, that's exactly what God's saying he's going to do. He's going to hasten just like that. The judgment that's coming. He will perform his word. He will perform his word. And then it says that the word of the Lord came into him a second time. What seest thou? Oh, a pot. It's a seething pot. Seething means it's boiling. And Jeremiah sees that it's toward the north. Visions are like this. You might say, how on earth does the pot be toward the north? I'm not quite sure. Unless maybe the pot he could see was boiling over and it was tipping from the north toward the south. And so he sees this pot seething, boiling, boiling over. And then the Lord 
said to him, Out of the north an evil shall break forth upon all the inhabitants of the land. For lo, I will call all the families of the kingdoms of the north, saith the Lord. And they shall come, and they shall set everyone his throne at the entering of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all the walls thereof round about, and against all the cities of Judah. And I will utter my judgments against them, touching all their wickedness, who have forsaken me, and have burned incense unto other gods, and worshiped the works of their own hands. Thou therefore gird up thy loins, and arise, and speak unto them all that I command thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city, and an iron pillar, and brazen walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. And so God has called Jeremiah to be his prophet, his messenger to the nations. Warning that just as the almond tree blossoms and that rod will come, there is a rod coming against Jerusalem and it's going to come fast. Nebuchadnezzar happens to be his name. The boiling cauldron. Nations will be assembled against this city from the north. That's exactly the direction and way that Nebuchadnezzar came from the north. Not the only kingdom nation to come against Jerusalem from the north too. And they come and they take over Jerusalem. And so he says he's going to bring all these judgments. Why? Because his people have forsaken him. They are worshipped other gods and burned incense to gods, strange gods. God's going to judge them for it. And he's going to send you as a messenger with this news. But did you notice something else here? God made Jeremiah some promises. He says in verse 18, For behold, I have made thee this day a defensed city and an iron pillar and brazen walls. Whew. How do you think you can be made brazen walls? A defensed city. Well, God explains it. God tells you right on the first day, I think this is the first day, first day of your calling, Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you. When you were, before you came out of the womb, I sanctified you, I set you apart, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. And now, whether you're 11, 20, I don't know how old you are, where Jeremiah was at this time, God says, go. Preach to them judgment. You're going to tear down. You're going to come as one who is going to, as if, in a way, destroy. Because he's going to prophesy of destroying. And you know what that's going to result in? Guess what? Jeremiah is not going to be popular not even in his hometown. As I said, Jeremiah chapter 10 tells us that the people of his own hometown sought to kill him. And presumably very early in his career in ministry. Later, others 
seek to destroy him. Notice here he says that he will be this um, against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. God had to cover them all because they're all going to be after you. All of them. But see, when they come against you, it's going to be as if they're coming against a defensed city, as if they're coming against an iron pillar, as if they're coming against brazen walls. Those aren't easy to break through. And God makes this promise to Jeremiah in all of this, he says, they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Now you all want to be Jeremiah, right? Now it means they can torture you and you don't die. That happens. They fight against Jeremiah. And though his ministry was 67 long years, it doesn't mean it was a peaceful years. But in the midst of it all, God spared him. And based upon this promise God makes to Jeremiah, when he was an old man, 77, 87 years old, 97 years old, he died in peace, died of natural causes, in spite of the fact that everybody wanted to kill him. God delivered him. Now, this should make it all good for my kids. My kids, we start into a story. Oh, what happens at the end? Do they die? They want to know right up at the beginning. Well, here you got it at the beginning. Jeremiah dies of natural causes. So, in the coming weeks, as you're reading at home, and as we're reading here in Bible Hour, and it gets kind of scary, just remember what God promised. Remember what God promised. He's going to deliver him and be with him. Part of this promise, you know, is made to every single one of us. Do you know that Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will always be with you. See, even if we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we can rejoice just like Jeremiah could rejoice. We can rest in peace knowing that God is with us. Now, Jeremiah, he had a sense in which he was guaranteed to be delivered. We don't have necessarily that guarantee. But we do have the guarantee that God will be with us and that the deliverance we may experience may come by being in his presence. And that happens either by the rapture or by death. So as we learn about Jeremiah and from Jeremiah, let's remember this promise made to him. And let's remember the promises made to us. And when we go out and we're tempted to be afraid of things, let's not forget that Jesus is right there with us. And we can trust and hope in him. Let's trust him. Let's trust him. In anticipation of next week, today we have covered Jeremiah chapter 1. And remember I told you that Jeremiah jumps around. Well, as we continue through here, some of the sermons that are recorded are recorded in the early parts of Jeremiah. So in chapter 2 through 12, 
are sermons that are recorded during the time of Josiah, king of Judah. So if you want to understand what Jeremiah is preaching during this time, you study those chapters or just read them. Jeremiah chapter 2 through 12, 10 chapters. Those are the part of this history. But in the middle of that, it's from chapter, let me turn over here, beginning in chapter 7, 7 through 12, so 7, 8, 9, 10, I'm sorry, did I say 12? 10. Four of those chapters um, are one sermon. And it's one sermon that we're going to learn about next week. Now, here's what's fascinating. The sermon is recorded in Jeremiah chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10. But the history of it is recorded in Jeremiah 26. So, the history is in Jeremiah 26, and the sermon is in Jeremiah 7, 8, 9, and 10. So in preparation for next week, could you at least read 7, 8, 9, 10, and chapter 26? And next week, I'm going to need some helpers. I'm going to need some priests. I'm going to need some elders. I'm going to need some princes, and um, maybe even a Jeremiah who might be a little older than this guy. All right? So if you could read those, next week is going to be Jeremiah chapters 7, 8, 9, and 10 is the sermon. And the history we're going to learn about is in chapter 26. Chapter 26 is most important because it also gives a summary of the sermon and it all fits together. All right, so let's look forward to do that next week. Father, we thank you for your word. Teach us. May we grow in you and know you. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.